Welcome back. This is Drunk and Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast, and I don't know what the hell that was. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And this is my NPR voice. And I'm slightly confused. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a lot more than slightly confused right now. Um, yeah, we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is, this is the beginning of season six. This is a season premiere. Oh, damn. I forgot about that. I don't know. I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) I was trying to think of something funny. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, this is season six. Um, we're back episode 51. Ish. Well, official, like, episode 51 or whatever, like, not including the... Halves and special things. things that we've done. Yeah. Um, yeah, episode, or season six. That's a big one. That's not a big one. It's just a, a one. It is a one. It is a one. As of recording this, we have not figured out a new naming convention. Nope. So uh, it's a surprise to us, surprise to you. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, that statement makes sense? Um. I mean, sure. Close enough. All right. So, it is the first episode of the month, which means I'm going to make you guys listen to me talk about music. Yeah, and we are doing something slightly different now, because I think last month I happened to know um, three out of the five albums, and I think that being able to talk about them briefly worked well, so yep. Stephanie's being is sending me the albums to listen to, and we'll briefly discuss them. I only got through three of them, so it'll be very similar. We were similar. part for the choruses of last month, yeah. so. <clears throat> Goal is to get to all of them. Hopefully. Alright, so we are going to talk about albums for the month of February. So the first one I would like to talk about came out on February 7th. It is by the Icelandic singer Ostier. Um, his album is called Bury the Moon. So this is his fourth studio album, and um, apparently he's only really been making music since, like, 2013. He released, um, some of his albums are actually entirely in Icelandic, so he only has a couple of albums that are in English, which is kind of cool. Oh, cool. So I actually, my note was that I love this guy. He reminds me of Talos, Hosier, and Iron and Wine all mixed together. Oh, that sounds good. I'm bummed I didn't get to it. Yeah. Uh, It's very, like... Forest coffee house yeah. vibes. Love it. Um, so I actually made a note that I gave it a 9 out of 10 on my first listen, but when I re-listened today, I gave it a perfect 10. Okay. Um, so my favorite songs on the album were Youth, Eventide, Lazy Giants, and Overlay. And I li- Overlay is on my like winter playlist right now. Oh, cool. I haven't listened to it a bunch. It's yeah. real good. You should listen. It's real I, good. I, I, I will. I just didn't get to it. Then my next one um, came out on February 14th is Post Animal with their second full-length album called Forward Motion Goddessy. Mm-hmm. My notes were Chicago Band dot 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 Joe Keery dot 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 second album. So uh, Post Animal is a local Chicago band. Yeah, um, they're we've pretty... talked about them quite a bit before. Mm-hmm. Their first studio album made your top album to 2018. Yes. So, this is their second full-length album. Um, It's more of a psych rock, prog rock type vibe than their previous album. Which is more indie alt. Yeah. um, A little bit of psych in it. Yeah. A little heavier riffs. 
But, but I agree, this is this more... This one, I actually really like the album because you really need to listen to it from start to finish. Agreed. So they released singles and we didn't love the singles. No. Um, but when we heard the them album. into the context of the entire album start to finish, it was great. Yeah. Um, the album kind of builds over the time. So if you were to listen to like the first song and the last song, they sound nothing alike. Yeah. But the rest of the album takes you on the journey of yep. music to get to that point. Takes you on the forward motion goddessy. It does. Yes, it does. Um, the weird thing about this is obviously, like, they release the singles, and one of them is one of the heavier prog rock yeah. songs, and by itself, it's really confusing, and it doesn't sound like them. Yeah. Um, but in the context of the album, it works so well. Yeah. So I gave this a 9 out of 10. Uh, my favorite songs in the album were Schedule, which actually was a single that I did not like mm-hmm. when I first heard it, uh, In a Paradise, and Safe or Not. Yeah, my favorites are Schedule, Safe or Not, and Fitness. Which oh, Fitness I still don't really like Fitness. Fitness is that prog rock song I was just I was mentioning. Um, but as it builds through the album, it makes a lot of sense for where it is, and I actually really enjoy it because it builds and then brings mm-hmm. you back down a little bit. Um, so yeah, great album. Yeah. Uh, my third one also came out on the 14th. It is another Chicago band. It's the band Beach Bunny with their album Honeymoon. So this is actually their very first full length, by the way. Um, And it's their first album signed to a label. Okay. So Beach Bunny is a indie pop band from here in Chicago. As I mentioned, this was their first full length album. They've previously released four EPs since 2015 when they first started. Um, And they signed to Mom and Pop Music back in late 2019. So this was their first big album. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, NPR talked about it as well, oh, and cool. Pitchfork reviewed it. Pitchfork actually gave it a 7, which is really good for, like, a first full length. Okay. Um, so, apparently, I made a note that their song Prom Queen, off of their most recent EP, went viral on TikTok, and that's really what helped them to get this album together, and it was used in hundreds of thousands of videos on uh, TikTok. Okay. Like, that's wild. Yeah. Um, I would say this album, in particular, reminds me kind of like if you mixed Best Coast and Charlie Bliss together. I can see that. So her voice is not like Charlie Bliss, but it's that kind of energy. But her voice reminds me more of Bethany from West or Best Coast. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I said it's overall a really good album, but it's kind of par for the course for them. And with the amount of, like, indie music coming out of Chicago, I was really hoping for them to kind of do something a little more explosive on their first full length. Yeah. Um, But it was still really good. My favorite songs were Cuffing Season, Dream Boy, and Cloud Nine. Okay. Cloud Nine was actually the big single that was released off of this, and I remember hearing that a few months back, so good song. My next one came out on the 28th, and it is the album Color Theory by Soccer Mommy. So, I love Soccer Mommy. I've seen her quite a few times now. Um, I was really excited when I found out she was putting out a new album. The singles that came out at the end of last year were fantastic. And then I was super excited to have the album come out so early this year. So, my note is, everything about this is just so good. I actually read an article about how she like kind of reinvents sad girl music with this. She really does. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I didn't get to listen to it while at work, so I didn't get to listen to it, like, super in-depth, super in depth, yeah. but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, it was great. I gave it a perfect 10. Songs? Uh, my favorite songs on the album are Circle the Drain, Crawling in My Skin, and Yellow is the Color of Her Eyes. 
Um, okay, so my last one actually... Oh, I'm sorry, put this in the wrong order. But my last one came out on February 21st. Um, it is the band Spinning Coin, and their album is called Hyacinth, like the flower, mm-hmm. as I had to Google. So these guys kind of have a really unique sound where it's almost like a mix of indie pop, but then has a bit of a heaviness to it in the background music where it's like a almost like shopping kind of garage uh-huh. rock where it's not like heavy, but it's like an upbeat, dancey garage okay. rock. Um, I really love this album and so I gave it a nine out of ten. My favorite songs in the album were Feel You More Than the World Right Now, uh, Despotic Sway, and Ghosting. Okay. So, those are my five albums. Yeah. For the month of February. Good choices. Yeah. All right. February was good. Let's crack into this beer. Yes. So, um, what are we drinking? So, this week, we are drinking Dark Star from Around the Bend. And if you remember, a few months back, we actually sat down at District Brew Yards Mm -hmm. and uh, drank some Around the Bend. Yep. And interviewed um, the whole group, and they were there. Yes. So this is a stout with chocolate and orange. It is 8%. Um, they list the IBUs, but those are always questionable. It says it's 28.5 IBUs. Um, there is a little, like, square, um, rectangular, actually not square, shape thing that has, like, the information on it, which is cool. Um, but it says, let's drink stout, you and I, while we can. Stout, graceful and silky with Ghirardelli dark chocolate and sweet orange, coaxing other robust flavors from beyond their veil. Caramel, toast, a slight bit of roast, dark star crashes, pouring its light into glasses. Ooh, we like that last little rhyme yeah. there. That's real cute. So they use Maris Otter roasted barley, two-row, crystal and chocolate malt. Um, so they use Columbus and North Down Hout. Hops. And then it says it pairs well with smoked brisket, Grand Marnier, Nutella crepes, and Mandarin chocolate cake. I love the pairings on here. That's that's awesome. Um, There's a really cool thing about this label. So typically on cans, labels are just kind of square. But this is a, like, die-cut label. Yeah, it's a die-cut label to emphasize the Around the Bend logo. Yeah, which is kind of nice. You don't really see that very often. Yeah. So it's like a regular matte label but the way they use their coloring on it it all some of it looks kind of shiny so not quite like metallic like when we did the last episode it had the metallic label but it's it's I, like a spot matte I think. yeah but the way they do it 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 looks really nice I don't know, it's not a spot mask matte. i don't know what they do yeah i think it's the choice of colors they use make it so. look like it's shiny and so I think that's just a color choice. Honestly, good job, though. Yeah, this Way is a really great the label. The label's gorgeous. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys to see it um, yeah. on our Instagram. It's really pretty. All right, you ready? Yep. Oh, smell that. It smells really malty. I smell chocolate. I smell, a, it's got like a sweet hint. I smell just the sweet scent. hint. I mean, that's the orange. I smell the chocolate as well. Yeah. All right, let's do this. I like that. I like that a lot. With the amount of malt that they put in here, it's not in-your-face malty. No, I think the malt actually cuts the sweetness from the chocolate flavor and the orange flavor. Yeah. I don't know that I pick up so much on orange per se, but I definitely get chocolate and citrus. It's like a general citrus. I think it's a little bit of that bitter flavor to it. Well, the oranges are sweet. I don't know. 
I mean, it depends what kind of orange. I don't really get specific types of orange. I get citrus. I get chocolate. I get maltiness. I get a little bit of the caramel that they describe on the side. I get the caramel. I get, like, the toast. I get the toast. Because that reminds me... I don't know if they're making, like, the actual toast. I was going to say that's, like, the, the toasted flavor. Yeah. yeah. I was like, a toasted flavor I get. I don't think they mean actual toast. I think they mean, like, a toasted flavor. Well, damn. Um, this is really good. This is really nice. So I actually picked this up at Liquor Park on sun, uh, Saturday night after we hung out. I do get a little bit of oranginess, um, like, right off the bat as soon as it hits my tongue. Hmm. Let me let me see. But it's not, like, a lasting flavor. It's kind of, like, a flash of orange. Yeah, if you sip it really quickly, I, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. If you, like, hold it. If you hold it, you get more, you more of the, the chocolate. chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and more of, like, the maltiness of it. Yeah. And I apologize, guys. You can probably hear Lupin eating in the background. Do be like that He's sometimes. been in a He's been very in a active mood today. That's really nice. This is a good find. And also, like, the texture is pretty thin. Um, it's not even, like, thin like a breakfast stout thin. It's got more of... Like a regular, like, IPA. It reminds me of almost, like, the texture of, like, say, like, an IPA or a lager. Yeah, like, the carbonation level and, like, the, the texture of it reminds me of, like, an IPA yeah. or a lager. Yeah, for sure. It's very it's, deceptively light. If you, like, did a blind taste test. I don't know that I would know this is I mean, I, I'd probably be able to tell it's a stout because of the maltiness of it. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, if you're trying, you're thinking about the texture. Mm-hmm. I don't even know that I would pick up that this is a stout. I mean, yeah, it's malty, but other ty- other styles of beer can be yep. just as malty. Agreed. I don't know that I would pick up that this is a stout right off the bat either. I like it. Big it's, fan. I'm this a is big great. Fan of this. Yeah, this is really good. And you said the name of this beer? Uh, the name of this beer is Dark Star. Okay, cool. Um, what are your three words? Um, I'm going to say toasted, chocolate, and malty. I'm going to say malty, chocolate, And like, like tingly. Okay. I can't say I said tingly last week. I probably shouldn't say it again. <laughs> I just mean like it's. I think the texture. I love that that's the word you've been choosing to use. I think the texture of it is super noticeable. So maybe like light. Yeah, I mean, I would call crisp. that like crisp. Yeah, it's a it's a crisp yeah. flavor to it. I wouldn't call it crispy. No, but it has got a nice crisp flavor to it. Yeah, I would say. Chocolate, malted, malty, and crisp. Yeah. All right. Um, so with that being said, uh, we chose this beer specifically to this episode, and we are back for Star Wars Part Two: The Colin. Nonsense. Yeah. God damn it. The nonsense. The nonsense. So if you guys remember our, if you didn't listen, our season five finale, fiftieth episode, we talked about the Star Wars film franchise. Yes, and we hinted at some of the other stuff going on within the franchise, but we mostly talked about the nine films. Yes. We didn't really talk about Rogue One, but or Solo, or The Mandalorian. No, so we're back to discuss all of those things. Some of the weird shit on the internet. A lot of weird shit on the internet. Mostly I, I mostly wanted to do internet. this to talk about the weird shit on Agreed. the internet. Um, so, to kick it off, do you want to talk about crazy theories? Yes. Okay, so. Um, my favorite bizarro Star Wars theory is that Jar Jar Binks is actually a Sith Lord the entire time. So I actually found this on a really, really, really long Reddit thread. Yes. 
<laughs> and it's amazing. Going to sum it up here? I'm going to sum it up because, honestly, like, it helps when you have, like, the video clips to go yeah. in there. But, you know, podcasting is a totally a visual media. There's no... There's so, no, yeah. yeah. Correct. All right. So, think of it. Just come with me for this. Come with us on a ride. Is that your NPR voice again? Join us for this journey into the Sith world with Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Jar Jar Binks is a skilled warrior. And it's highly suggestive that he's a force user. So in The Phantom Menace, he does a standing 20-foot twisting somersault from land into water. And it's all, like, super-duper casual. And, like, uh-huh. it's weird. Like, yeah. It's wild. Just straight flexing. Yeah. That is exactly what he did. Yeah. Um, he also manages to convince us that he's totally, like, a bumbling oaf in the middle of battle. But he's always successful. And Obi-Wan Kenobi said there's no such thing as luck. Mm-hmm. So we know that he's not just lucky. He single-handedly takes down a battle droid tank. He unleashes a barrage of Boombas onto the front lines. And he's able to target multiple enemies with his blaster tangled around his ankle. Yeah. That's no coincidence, my friend. That is the Force. He... I think the main reason that this article was pointing this out, well, article, it's a Reddit, Reddit post. <laughs> it's a Reddit post. Um, so he shatters our suspension of disbelief because we know that no one is that lucky. Yeah. Like, no way. Uh-huh. There's something else going on there. Mm-hmm. So Except the girl in Deadpool whose superpower was lucky. Oh, Domino. Yeah. Yeah, but Jar Jar Binks has no superpowers. No. Jar Jar Binks has... A it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there are no superpowers in this. Just Siths and Jedis. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. So Jar Jar actually does... He has a style of fighting that he does that I cannot say, but essentially it's considered a drunken fist wushu. So what you're supposed to... What you do is you imitate, like, the slashing of a drunkard when you're moving around, but you're actually utilizing your body's momentum and, like, deception to unpredictably, like, confuse your opponent. Okay. And Jar Jar Binks does that all the time. Okay. That should make sense. In The Phantom Menace, um, when the Jedi and Jar Jar ambush the droids and rescue the Queen and her entourage, he accidentally botches his leap from the balcony, but then, like, a few frames later, he's seen dropping down in the perfect side on the other side of the balcony, which would be, like, super impossible for some random thing to do. But he's super-duper sneaky and used a force jump. Super-duper sneaky. He's also a master of mind control. And so, like, we hate the way he influences major plot points. But in this, it's the same way because that we uh, hate his physicality. So it messes with our sense of mm-hmm. what's going on. Yeah. So two experienced Jedi on a serious mission would never actually bring someone that stupid along with them. Like, think about that. Yeah. No character is that stupid that they would really be made a general. Uh-huh. Jar Jar Binks was a fucking general. Yeah. And he would never have been made a senator. Uh-huh. Like, no. Yeah. So the way I always thought of it, and, like, until I read this article, because I think I read it at, like, the time it came yeah. out. I'll yeah, yeah. It. Oh, I read this when it came out on Reddit. Um, I had to refine it. I always thought of it as, like, he's bumbling on land because he's, like, they're water species. 
Yeah, but then why is he still so lucky on the land? Use your head, Lindsay. Oh, I mean, I'm just saying, like, before I read that, that's the way I thought of it. Yeah. But, uh, how do you convince an entire galaxy to just abandon democracy like that? Sith. That's how. Mind control powers. Woke to the Sith force. We also know that he had to have conspired with Palpatine because he is the reason that the everyone agreed to let Palpatine take control. Uh-huh. He spoke in front of the Senate and they all agreed with him. Yeah. Bad idea. So this theory goes on to conclude that based on the initial clips from the newest trilogy using old clips from the original trilogy, that we are led to believe that Jar Jar Binks is actually Emperor Snoke. Oh, I don't know that I read it after that, but that is a valid point. That's a valid point. He's been a Sith Lord the entire time. Yeah. And he conspired with Palpatine, so... Guys, I'm hearing that Who's to say? Who's to say? We don't know. JJ, where's that director's cut? I'm hearing that last part for the first time, and honestly, I can get on board with it. JJ, give us the director's cut. All right. The next thing that we're going to discuss are midichlorians. Yes, you heard me. Midichlorians. For why, those did you, who, why did you have to repeat yourself I don't know. like that? <laughs> I, I know. What this entire are. episode is me just being kind of weird. That's fair. Um, and I don't know why it's happening. It's just it's hop slam. You would hop slam before we did this. Have a hop slam before. Anyways, so for those of you that are not woke to what a midichlorian is, you keep saying woke. It's like that time you keep saying Gucci. <laughs> I said that today. <laughs> Get on with it. Um, midichlorians are are were an intelligent microscopic life form that lived symbiotically inside the cells of all living things within this universe. Um, so when present in sufficient numbers, they can allow their host to detect the pervasive energy field known as the force. Um. Duh force. <laughs> duh force. So, um, midichlorians are linked to the potential that someone has to detect or be able to use the force. Normal human levels are like 2,000, 2,500 per cell. Um, and the much higher levels of the Jedi are like 10, 15. Um, so, the highest known midichlorian count, which was over 20,000 per cell, was uh, within Anakin Skywalker. Um, and I'll get into that in a second. So, midichlorian counts are measured through a blood test. And this is actually how the Jedi, what the Jedi used to detect, to detect Force-sensitive children before oh, the Order was purged. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, with the rise of the Empire, research into the Jedi and the Force was banned, and though midichlorians continued to be tested for, mm-hmm. um, this was just done by the Empire to root out hidden Jedi and other Force-sensitive be- beings. Um, so, midichlorians exist in a symbiotic relationship with the beings they inhabit. Um, it's kind of like a collective consciousness among themselves, which is just kind of wild, um, Sounds fake to me, but okay. <laughs> this article says that midichlorians are in fact necessary for life to exist, and they allow the connection with the force. Um, so, in sufficient numbers, midichlorians can allow their organism to detect the force. Um, and this is as low as I think five thousand. So, an average person had between two thousand to twenty five hundred per cell. 
a mildly force sensitive being would have around 5,000. According to a Sith Lord named Darth Tenebris, did not say that right, no, um, a being born of pure force might have a count of 15,000 or more, which implies that most force sensitive beings did not have a count that high. So, um, with that being said, Anakin having over 20,000 per cell insinuates that he is like the most force sensitive being to ever exist of all time. Um, and he's the goat. Was and this is like what led the Jedi Council to believe that he was conceived via midichlorians. Um, Listen, there's no proof that Anakin Skywalker was a Virgin Mary birth. Well, so this is kind of where this comes into. Um, what does it say? So even though he lost like a huge amount of his body, like what, like every single limb except for his like. Torso, Most of his torso. His head. I mean, he can't breathe on his own. So. Yeah. Um, his cells were like, he had so many midichlorians in him, that, in him that he was still able to like be an insane force user. Yeah. Um, where is this? Although he seemed way more badass before he was Darth Vader. Just saying. Once he became Darth Vader, he got lame as fuck. So, um, this next piece of the article goes into the fact that midichlorians could be influenced by the Force to create a new life, and this was something that was developed by a Dark Lord as well, um, and there was a possibility that could induce conception in a human. So because of this, Anakin Skywalker was believed to have been conceived by the midichlorians with no biological father, and which was, this was considered impossible by many Jedi, and when it was first proposed to the Jedi High Council, they were just like in shock, because nobody had ever heard of this before. Um, the reason I bring up midichlorians, though, is because they only come into play in the prequels. In the prequels. They never get talked about again after nope. that. Nope. Um, and it kind of, like, throws things, like, to the wall, having brought these pieces in. I wonder how many midichlorians, uh, Ben Solo had. Because he's supposed to be super duper powerful. I mean, he's a little emo bitch, but, like... <laughs> Well, Ben Solo was a real person in their stories. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey. <laughs> Let's Google this. Um, is this Wikipedia? Oh, that's the real world. Right. So we're on Wikipedia, and this is a list of what people believe the midichlorian count is. Um, so Anakin Skywalker would have had 27,000 per cell. Um, and then after the loss of his hand, 26,000, and then after the loss of most of his body, 17,000. Um, Ben Skywalker, who I'm assuming is Ben Solo? I don't know. We, I, listen. Maybe. Um, we're gonna go with that being Kylo Ren. Had 24,000, so. Well, Kylo Ren lower down oh, has 26,000. 26, so he was not much lower than Anakin. Yeah, that's the entire point, is that he. Ray was... supposedly has 27,800, which is the same amount as Anakin. Huh. What's Luke got? Uh, Luke Skywalker, and they show. I love how they show after the loss of his hand. I don't know where they got these numbers from, but this is like yeah. wild. Han Solo's on this list with 6,500. Ooh! There is a theory out there that Han Solo was a Force user. Um, I have seen this. He predicts when things are going to go wrong. Yeah. Next topic that was not planned for, but we just thought about. 
All right, so there's a Cracked.com article that... Of course, it's fucking Cracked.com. 12 scenes that prove Han Solo could use the Force. Um, so the biggest thing is that, uh, or number 12, is that he wasn't trained in the ways of the Force, but he gets people to do what he wants by using quote-unquote charm. So he convinces Jabba the Hutt that he should let him live because there'll be more money for him in the future. Um, and it says Java must know this is bullshit because he's dealt with Han in the past. Um, but there's something so distracting about the way he waves his hands around while he talks. Um, some Obi-Wan Kenobi shit. Yeah. Uh, Han just calls it luck. We know, speaking back to my point, that Obi-Wan Kenobi has said there is no such thing as luck. Yeah. Well, then, I mean, that just describes it, but, um, Luke tries to block laser blasts with his visor down in hope. Um, and in Jedi, in Return of the Jedi, when Han shoots the Sarlacc's tentacle, dead center will upside down and blind, uh, it says, no, that's the force. And then the next piece is, but there's no such thing as luck, which Stephanie just got into. He has a bad feeling about literally everything, yes. so. Um, never tell him the odds. He's been flying for years, but they always survive, even though it's like 3,000 to 1 or like yeah. 30,000 to 1. Yeah. He knows how to take down a shield generator in The Force Awakens. Um, he does it manually, and they have to be traveling at the speed of light to breach the defenses. He does it manually, and it would give them such a small amount that I don't want to read it. Point zero it zero zero one eight six seconds. To bring the Falcon out of light speed so it doesn't crash, and he manages to do it. Who needs scanners when you can sense a person's presence? Scanners don't work on Hoth, so you gotta rely on old-fashioned tracking skills with your eyeballs without going blind or dying. Um, the odds of Han's survival are 725 to 1. That's according to R2. Um, and then the chance of him finding Luke in that is zero, pretty much zero. But he finds him immediately. It's almost like he's using the force. <laughs> Number five is, and he does that shit all the time. <laughs> Is number one is about that Jedi mind trick from earlier. The stupidest edit in this movie history can pro- uh, provi- prove that Han can use the Force. In A New Hope, he sits back and talks calmly while removing his gun from his host- holster. With Greedo sitting five feet away, watch his left hand as he talks. He waves in the air and touches the wall to the left of his head, the exact place where Greedo misfires. It's almost like some sort of dot 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 mind trick. Okay, so this actually leads really well into our next topic. Han shot first. Han shot Han first. Han shot first. All right, that was that topic. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think there are edits, like not even edits, um, like they've redone, remastered it they've again. They've remastered these movies so many And they remastered it so he doesn't shoot first. Nah, he shot first. He shot first. Um, I actually really like that bit at the end of that article where it was showing that I never noticed that he's, like, using his, like, hand yeah. in the air as he's holding his gun in his other hand, and then when Greedo shoots, it's, like, right in the spot where yeah. his hand was. So, let's talk about the TikToks. <laughs> I know okay. you're excited about well, this Well, so, where I wanted to go with this is I wanted to just talk about <laughs> Kylo Ren and internet culture in general. Yes, let's do that. Okay. So, it really started on Tumblr. Shocker to no one. Yes. There's a lot of real fun Kylo Ren Tumblr stuff. Yeah, I've read 
a decent amount of fan fiction that yeah, you've yeah, sent me. Yeah, I too. I was going to say, I... <laughs> well, more that, like, you've sent me a post about it, and I was like, there's a fan fiction here, I'm just going to read I'm it. I'm just going to read it. Um, I really wanted to talk about this one fan fiction I read that's so fucking wild. And, like, it's the smuttiest shit you could ever find on the internet. And there's actually, it leads into TikToks, because there's TikToks about reading this. Okay, go into it. Okay, so, let me pull it up. I don't know what you're talking about, so I would like to hear. Um, so, there's this girl on Tumblr, and her handle is Kylo Ren Garbage Dump. And she wrote this really well-recognized 38-part not-safe for You read the whole thing? Not recently, but I've read... You have read that entire thing, and you made fun of me? Listen, I get bored sometimes. (laughs) All right. Anyways, um... So she, this this girl wrote this 38-part not-safe-for-work series called Fix Your Attitude. And it is, I mean, it, it's the smuttiest smut shit you're going to read. There's a tweet, apparently, that says, unpopular opinion, but that fanfic sucked. Anyways, I will never watch another Star Wars movie without thinking about it. Keep that in mind. Okay. So a lot of... <laughs> it's, it's, can you read the, the summary yeah, first? Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, you're an engineer stationed at Starkiller. You are desperate... Oh, it's reader insert. I should have started with that. Um, you're desperate for recognition in your career, but issues with your assignment... Spoiler alert, it's the command shuttle. End up making you the cleanup crew instead. Your annoyance with Kylo Kylo Ren lands you in some hot water. How many messes is he going to make you responsible for? Are messes, like, him having an orgasm? Or, like, actual messes? combination of both okay question mark i guess <laughs> um actually i don't think i've read all 38 parts because that's news to me that there's 38 parts <laughs> is it done yet <laughs> yeah it's done you want me to send it to you right now no no i just want to see if it's done i'm not gonna read uh it. finale so yeah some of these names are fucking nuts they're it's fucking ridiculous dude Oh my gosh. Like, I'm not going to be real. Can you, can you, like, read through here? So there's 38 chapters. How many of these are NSFWs? Because the NSFWs are the ones with sex. Thanks for that. <laughs> the other ones are just plot. 19 out of 38. Alright, so half of this is just pure smut. Oh, and the other half is. I wasn't kidding. Probably some kind of plot? I don't know. Anyways, so the reason this is important is because there's a TikTok series about people going in to read Fix Your Attitude. <laughs> this is a lot of Do people. Do they know what they're getting into? Oh, yeah. Okay. But it's like, the joke Honestly, is that like. If you had filmed me reading this for the first time, you would have gotten so many views oh, I know. on TikTok and not told me what it was about. Yeah. So a lot of it's like people like going to hold their Bible and opening their computer. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> to be like that sometimes, I guess. Like that sometimes. But, uh, yeah. But, I don't know. Like, Tumblr culture with Star Wars is wild. Uh-huh. There is more not safe for work things that you will find that you, there nev- probably are. you never wanted to think about. Rule 34. If it exists, there's a porn for it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you never heard that? No! Anyways, um... 
There's also, I don't know, there's some ridiculous stuff on Tumblr. Like, somehow it accidentally came across my feed that someone had a Ben Solo and a Ray, like, Barbie doll in sexual positions. That was weird to be scrolling through sitting on my couch, minding my own business. If, if yeah. you think of it, there's a porn for it. Yeah. If it exists, there's a porn oh. for it. I'm sorry. If it exists, there's a porn oh, for God. it. Oh, God. All right. But uh, a lot of the TikToks right now are specifically about um, in the movie The Last Jedi, where Kylo Ren yells, blow that piece of junk out of the sky. There's a lot of those. My favorite one that you've sent me is this girl, like, with her phone on the back, on the, on the case, there's a photo of Kylo Ren. She's like, how can I get him when I look like this? There's a lot of like Um, so there my entire TikTok, because they use an algorithm, has turned into Star Wars related things. Yep. That checks out. Yeah. <laughs> um also thinking of the nonsense internet, I think we have to talk about one of the greatest moments in all of the prequels. And again, you're breaking my heart? No, the hello there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's an entire Fucking subreddit dedicated to how much people love that. Just so you know. No. It's all over prequel memes. Okay. My other favorite thing that's on the internet now that you keep sending me is like photos of Anakin in like a flower field and then there's Oh, Avril <laughs> That's a good one. And that's a new field. one too. <laughs> I found that like a week ago. <laughs> that one's really funny. Um, but, so I think we have to talk about the hello there, because it's probably one of the most iconic moments in all of Star Wars. Yeah. And it's in, what's the third one? Um. Something the Sith? Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith? Yeah. Okay. Well, in that one, it's when... They're fighting General Grievous, and Obi-Wan Kenobi just, like, drops down behind him, and he stands up very dramatically and just goes, hello there. Hello there. And, and they all, like, didn't know he was there, and, like, he just dropped him, like, 30 feet. Yeah. I honestly really love the TikTok where it's that, but it's playing the song Tequila, and then it just goes, hello there. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, the amount of TikToks out there regarding Star Wars is wild. It's wild. It's wild. It's so much fun, though. Um, any other nonsense things you wanted to bring up? Um, you want to talk about Baby Yoda? Yeah, let's talk about Baby Yoda, because that's huge. Yeah, that's probably the big... I mean, we talk about these TikToks, but, like, Baby Yoda is the biggest thing that Disney has done in... Since Frozen 1 came out. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, obviously a huge cash grab, but he's so cute. So, Baby Yoda is, well... The child. His, his name is... A child. His name is The Child in the TV show The Mandalorian on Disney+. And obviously, biggest thing since Olaf in yes. Frozen. He's very cute. Yeah, very he's real small. cute. He's very small. Um, lots of memes about him. A lot of chicken nuggets. A lot of chicken nuggets. My favorite is in uh, one of the episodes where, like, he presses a button and the Mandalorian, like, presses a different button and then he looks Oh, it's like the music one? Yeah. So, like, my favorite oh, one is I him pressing this. the button 
and it's the song that comes on is Africa by Toto, and the Mandalorian shuts it off, and he presses it again, and then the Mandalorian shuts it off, and then he looks at him and then presses it again. The best one is when he presses it for the third time, looking at the Mandalorian. Yeah, and then the Mandalorian picks him up and is like, "Nope." Well, you sit over so here did now. you see that Pedro Pascal responded to that? Said, "I would never turn off Toto No. Yeah. <laughs> That's. I mean, he's right. His internet response into to everything that is Mandalorian is amazing. There's like a whole thing where like. People will screenshot, like, if they mention the Mandalorian or Pedro Pascal, not even adding him, he'll, like, respond. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> he just Googles himself and just responds. I love that. I do, too. I love it's that hilarious. Um, the only other, like, big, like, ridiculous thing I could think of, and it's just because, um, what are you laughing at? I'll tell you in a second. Oh, my God. Okay, so... Um, and I'm thinking about it because I was just watching SNL from this last weekend. Um, every time Adam Driver hosts SNL, there is a Kylo Ren undercover boss. Oh, God. Okay. So it started a few years ago. And in this bit, he plays Matt, the radar technician. Mm-hmm. And... It's the entire concept is like he's a very does a very bad job at doing undercover boss and everyone knows it's him the entire time. But in the first version when he's met the radar technician at one point he's uh this it's uh Taron Killen's character called, says Kylo Ren is a punk bitch and I say that a lot. You do say that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second version he plays I think it's Ryan the intern. And every time he murders people, he leans in and goes, okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, whispers in their ears. He's stabbing them with his lightsaber. Um, yeah, dude. That, that's really funny. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> that was a few weeks ago, actually, that he did that. But it's, uh, it's stupid, but it's funny. All right. You got anything else? Any other jokes? There's a lot of TikToks about how much people love Adam Driver, and honestly, I'm here for it. Um, I mean, I can I can get behind it because it's funny. I don't. I only relate to it in that one scene. Do you? Did you like the TikTok I sent you? Like right when you first got on it, where it was like someone talking to God, and they're like, "Can I have this?" And it's Adam Driver, <laughs> and it's like, but. The guy's like, no. And they're like, but can I have this? And it's a Kylo Ren. And they're like, that's the same person. <laughs> I do remember that one. <laughs> uh, and with that, I think we've reached the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of Star Wars nonsense. And I know we didn't cover it all. But no, this was just fun. This was just fun. Um, stay tuned through the song for final thoughts. So for final thoughts this week, we thought it would be fun to talk about um, the Baby Yoda toys. Yes. And the scenario going on with that. So The Mandalorian, as a show, came out on Disney Plus last fall. It was actually one of the first shows that launched with Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, and they, Disney, did not make Baby Yoda toys ahead of time. 
in an effort to not spoil the surprise of the character. Which I think is, I mean, makes sense to not have it as a spoiler, but also it's a huge miss on their part, because I feel like they knew it was going to be huge. Well, it's actually kind of interesting, because when the original Star Wars franchise came out... they not know Ewoks were going to be, like, a huge thing? No. So the movie came out in July, that, and they didn't have toys right. lined up in time, so well, that first Christmas... The best-selling toy of Christmas was an empty box. Right. Like, of saying, buy this and you will get sent the Star Wars toys at a later date. Yeah. So, I mean, they didn't want to spoil the surprise of Baby Yoda, but then, like, everyone and their mother on the internet was like, well, fuck you, we're going to make shit anyways. Mm -hmm. People will buy it. So, Disney has actually been sending cease and desist letters to people on Etsy that are selling plushies, anything related to Star Wars, Mandalorian, like and stickers, Yoda. I think, that they're, like, pulling. Stickers are being flagged. Um, so Disney is just really just going to cease and desist at anyone trying to do baby Yoda toys and this has been most recent because now obviously dolls are on pre-order there's a Build-A-Bear partnership for baby Yoda mm-hmm. there are Funkos there there's are Funkos at work there's t-shirts there's mugs there's all kinds of stuff but like look at this little knit yeah I mean there are like little dolls. knit ones like people have crocheted baby yeah. Yoda's on Etsy there are like they're plush. calling it um it's a takedown pointed to its intellectual property policy. And Etsy says it reserves the right to disable any listing, shop, or account in response to in intellectual property claims. So no one has really answered to any responses on this, but we people, do- I've seen, I was looking at that article, and it looks like people are renaming their, um, like, listings as the baby child. Yeah. Instead of, like, the child or baby Yoda. Yeah. In an effort to but, remove any of the tags that have flagged right. by Disney. But it also says that by making it so, like, obscure, um, it's much harder to find. Yeah. Yeah, which sucks for sellers, but that mouse monopolies got us all in a bind. But I mean, okay, so, like, now we're on the Disney Store website, and we can see... This is a plush. This isn't the the real big fancy one. But it's still pre-order. It, I mean, yeah, nothing is available. Nothing is available. It's still pre-order. It's a plush. Uh, they released clothing. Yeah. And like, but like and toys stuff. themselves. This one is This is an 11-inch plush that's $25. Um, uh, the Funko. This is the Bobblehead Funko, but it's so cute. 13 bucks, also pre-order. Um, it looks like the only thing, like, like you said, the only things that you can get is are, like, this the crazy clothes. Mattel one? I, I think it is. So, this is the one that moves. Oh, this is vinyl head plush. Where's the creepy one that moves? There's one that's like fully animatronic right. in response and to you. That's probably like the $350 one. Oh. They may not have it listed on No, there. it may not be a Disney thing. But, like, Clipboards? You can get a clipboard, phone cases, a water bottle, you can get shoes. Lots of phone cases. Lots Lots of phone phone cases. 
Yeah, there's a lot, a of, lot of cold cases. On that note, uh, I think that covers it for yeah. final thoughts in this week's or this week's episode. This episode. Um, cool. Thank you guys for listening. And if you liked us, please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and fo- give us a follow and leave us a five star review. Um, if anyone leaves us a review, we will read it. But we have not gotten a review in a long time, so we keep saying we're going to do this, and then none of you leave us reviews. So, do that. Um, Listen through this last song to hear our socials, and um, we will see you next time. Alright, that was the episode. So we love hearing from you, um, and if if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No ant. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped. Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stefan Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.